Life Audio. Have something really important, something you have to do, but you just don't feel like it. You've had these moments, just like all of us have, these big things out in front of you, this stuff you have to get done, this task, this this journey you need to take, some conversation that you need to have, something you need to get involved in, but you just don't want to. We are living in a pool of motivational talk. Everyone around us is talking about motivation, how important it is to be motivated. We hear motivational speeches and we watch motivational videos. We try to get motivated. But what about when you're not motivated? When I talk about marching, when it would be easier to stay where you are and die, so often I understand that what I'm really talking about is moving forward, doing the right thing, even when you don't feel like it. When there's a barrier, when there's an obstacle, you know you need to get over, you need to get beyond, but you don't feel like it. What do you do in those moments? Those moments when you need to accomplish something big, you need to do something, but you just don't feel like it. We're going to talk about that today on this episode of the March or Die show. Hello and welcome to the March or Die show today. Very glad to have you joining me, of course, as always. And uh, I would encourage you, if you're not yet subscribed to this podcast, please go ahead and do that right now. Very important that you are subscribed. Maybe you feel like, well, I will just log on. I'll follow along. I know when the show comes out, I'll listen to it. Good intentions are great, but having a system is better. Make sure that you are subscribed. That lets you know. When this episode or these episodes come out, uh, every week I push out a new episode, generally Wednesday morning. Uh, I can't think of a time that I've missed, but I focus on Wednesday mornings getting those out to you. So please make sure that you are subscribed and you will know when this content is pushed out. I encourage you to share this out then with others. That would be very, very helpful, of course, to me and to the show and uh, I'd love it if you would go ahead and do that for me. That'd be great. Then take some time. Go to Jeremy Stalnecker, jeremystalnecker.com, jeremystalnecker.com. You can find uh, a lot of information about me personally, contacts on socials, other podcasts I'm involved in. My blog is there. You can sign up for my newsletter, get weekly updates from me. Uh, a lot of good stuff there. Please go and check that out as well, jeremystalnecker.com. And if you are driving, you can't subscribe, you don't know what to do, you don't want to pull over, <laughs> go ahead and remember my name, Jeremy Stonlicker, jeremystonlicker.com. When you get uh, the opportunity either on your phone or on your computer at home, that would be awesome. Go ahead and check that out. Uh, I asked the question when we started, what do you do when there is a big task? Uh, maybe it's a conversation. There's something out in front of you that you know you should do but you just don't feel like it. 
there is zero motivation. In fact, there may even be a lot of resistance. Stephen Pressfield talks about this a lot, uh, this idea of resistance. And he would say that when you feel the strongest that you don't want to do something, that's when you need to sit down and do it. But we all know what that's like. Uh, conversations, uh, interactions, work that needs to be done, journeys that need to be taken. I mean, it may be multi-step journey. Uh, a lot of things that you need to put in place to get to where you need to go. You, you know you have something to do, but you just can't motivate yourself enough to do it. You feel like doing anything but the thing that you know you're supposed to do. What's funny about this is that even doing something you want to do, you may not always feel like doing. <laughs> there is something that you love to do, you love to get involved in, you love to be a part of. Uh, maybe it's a business that you're involved in, something that you're starting, something you're trying to learn. You want to do it. It's not that you don't want to do it. In fact, it's not even that you've not enjoyed it in the past. It's that right now, in this moment, it would be easier just to put it off to say, I'll get to that at some other time. What do you do in those moments when you have something important in front of you, but you just can't quite uh, generate up the motivation to get it done? Uh, I feel like this all the time. In fact, um, I am a big fan of this kind of philosophy or this working idea of doing the work, whether you feel like it or not. I believe personally that motivation is way overrated. <laughs> if you're motivated, that's great. Um, I believe there are times to motivate. We need to sometimes just encourage one another. The Bible talks about that. Encourage, motivate, lift up, build, uh, give a vision of what can be done, and that can get people running or moving in the right direction. I I'm a fan of motivation. I like motivation. In fact, I would rather be motivated to do what I need to do than not motivated to do what I need to do. But we can get so wrapped up in this idea of if I'm not motivated to do it, I'm not going to do it. Or, or uh, this kind of underlying philosophy that some people have, if I'm not motivated, then maybe I shouldn't do it. I need to be passionate about what I do. I need to love what I do. We get this idea that every moment uh, I should be so focused and so consumed with doing what I'm supposed to do that I have no option but to move forward. That's not how most of life works. If you are fortunate enough to be in a world, <laughs> a vocation, a relationship, um, have hobbies, whatever it is that you're involved in, if you are, are fortunate enough to be motivated all the time to do what you're supposed to do, then consider yourself very blessed. Because even those that love their work and love what they're involved in, have moments in time, perhaps a lot of moments in time where they just don't want to do it. It's just too hard. You're tired. You know how many steps are involved in getting something done. You just lack the motivation. There is friction. And instead of moving forward, you're just going to stay where you are. Here's the problem. In order to fulfill the God-given call on our lives. We have to be committed to doing the work we're supposed to do, to getting things done, to overcoming, to making stuff happen. Feelings aside, motivation aside, how do you get done 
what you know you should do even when you don't feel like it. Perhaps this is a bit of a different conversation for this podcast, but I think it fits perfectly. I want to read you a story. It's a, uh, a brief story. You've probably heard this before. But in his 1961 book, um, an author by the name of uh, Frank O'Connor, an Irish writer, if you couldn't tell by the last name, Irish writer, uh, he wrote a book called Only uh, An Only Child. An Only Child. That's the name of the book written in 1961. He told stories of his childhood in there, and one of the stories he told, if you've heard it, you've probably heard it in connection with uh, our president, John Kennedy, when he was talking about the space race and all that America needed to do to get to the moon and bring astronauts home safely. Uh, John Kennedy used this story from Frank O'Connor's book. Here's what Frank O'Connor said in his book, An Only Child. He said, as a boy, uh, he and his friends would make their way across the countryside and when they came to an orchard wall that seemed too high and too doubtful to try and too difficult to permit their voyage to continue, they took off their hats and tossed them over the wall. And then they had no choice but to follow them. <laughs> That's a funny little story. It's a simple little story. But he told this story. He's traveling with his friends across the countryside, and there was a fence or a wall in their way. Probably should have gone around it. Those things exist for a reason. But they decided to go over. They needed to get past it. It was just too high. What did they do? They threw their hat over the wall because when the hat was over the wall, then they had to figure out a way to get to the other side. Again, John Kennedy, President Kennedy, telling the story of how we were going to get to the moon and what was going to transpire and how we were going to make this thing happen. He was trying to motivate Americans to get behind this idea that we needed to throw our proverbial hat over the wall. We needed to commit. We needed to say this is the time and throw whatever we needed to, whatever resources needed to be uh, invested to make it happen. In so many ways, that's what we need to do when we are confronted with these, I need to do that, but I don't feel like it moments in time. Or I know I, know I need to go over there, but there's a big obstacle in front of me moments in time. I would put it this way. Maybe you've heard this. <laughs> Those, I need to march, but it would be easier to stay where I am and die moments in time. What do you do? Well, you need to look at the wall. That's the obstacle in front of you. Maybe it's a physical obstacle. Maybe it's a relational obstacle. Maybe it's just a, a psychological or an emotional obstacle. You need to look at that obstacle and throw your hat over the wall so that you have to go get it. Commit. Uh, I really, just as a tactic, love to schedule meetings that I don't want to have, <laughs> get them scheduled because then I'm going to have them uh, schedule uh, opportunities that I need to be a part of, even when I don't feel like it, because then now that it's scheduled, I'll do what I need to do. Buy a plane ticket to that place. I don't necessarily want to go for work that I don't necessarily always want to do. Why? Because once the commitment's made, once the hat's thrown over the wall, then I'm going to follow through. Do what you need to, to make the commitment to go where you need to go. And as good as that sounds, it can be just happy motivation talk if there's not something grounded to it. I want to give you three thoughts, three words that you can use to get the work done, to do the thing, to have the conversation, to build in the relationship, to, to do what you need to do even when you don't feel like it. Three words. Here are the words. Know, trust, and do. Know, trust, and do. The first word, know. Know what God wants you to do. Now, this is where everything should start. <laughs> you say, I don't know exactly what to do. Or, 
I'm not sure I should do that, or I'm not sure I should be involved in that, or I just don't feel like it. If you just don't feel like it, and you're the only reason you are doing it anyhow, then it's going to be really easy to bail. Have you ever started something, a workout plan, a diet, a hobby, <laughs> something uh, on the side you didn't have to do? No one was making you do it. No one even asked you to do it. Maybe no one knows you're doing it. Well, when it gets hard, you just stop. You have to have a reason, listen to me, a reason that is bigger than the friction, bigger than the obstacle, bigger than the wall that's in front of you. What's the reason? Well, fundamentally, the reason needs to be God wants me to do that. Now, you'll say, I can't know that God wants me to do that. Fair enough. I've said this before, but if all of us would just start with what we do know God wants us to do, we'd be much further down the road than if we just waited to try to figure it out or have a bolt of lightning strike us. Do what you know God wants you to do, and God will begin to show you the next steps. Let me give you an example, a simple example. You're in a relationship. Let's assume you're married. You're in this marriage relationship and things are not going well. The Bible is very clear on how a husband should treat and respond to his wife and how a wife should treat and respond to her husband. For the example, let's just talk about the husband. I'm a husband. I can relate. <laughs> Maybe you've had some friction in your marriage. Something was said or done that was, was hurtful. Uh, something was said or done that uh, really caused you to want to do anything but talk to your wife or invest in that relationship or make things right and get things moving again. First of all, you need to know. Know what God wants you to do. What would God want you to do in that situation? I would give you time to figure it out, but I'll tell you because we don't have a lot of time. The Bible in Ephesians chapter 5 tells husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Uh, we are told, even just as Christians, apart from marriage, that we're to esteem others better than ourselves. Uh, Ephesians also in chapter 4 tells us that we are to forgive and to be kind because God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us. We're to be tender-hearted. Why? Because that's how Jesus demonstrated his love toward us. Here's what you do know. You may not know how to have the conversation. You may not know exactly what all the steps in front of you are. But what you do know is that you as a husband are to sacrificially love and care for your wife. Having made that decision, you <laughs> throw your hat, so to speak, over the wall, and you ask your wife if you can have a time to sit down and talk. Maybe we're going out to dinner. Maybe it's coffee. Go to a public place. It's better to have those heated conversations in public places. You won't yell as much or get as angry because people are watching. Uh, set an appointment. Set a time. Maybe write out a letter. Maybe send a text. Get the ball rolling, doing what you know you have been called to do. As a Christian, we know that ultimately our objective, number one, is to give God honor and glory. So ask yourself this question. Would doing the thing that requires getting past an obstacle, requires pushing through a lack of motivation, would doing the thing bring more honor to God than not doing it? 
could put it like this. If I march, does God get more honor and glory than if I just stay where I am? If an objective, an honest answer to that question is yes, then you know what you need to do. You say, well, there are other big areas of life, and certainly there are. I love this psalm, Psalm 25, 8. Good and upright is the Lord. All right, that's a great starting point. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, what's that therefore? Because he's good and upright. Therefore, will he teach sinners in the way. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. There are so many verses we could go to. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I love these. We're going to jump into those in just a minute. Uh, I love those verses. It tells us that God will guide us. Other verses we could look to, understanding God's will. God's not trying to hide his will from you or keep it from you or, or confuse you. God wants you to know what he wants you to do. That's why he gave us the Bible. Are you reading the Bible? That's how you can know what God wants you to do. Uh, but these verses are great. What do they say? A good God, an upright God, he's going to guide the meek. Now, that word meek, it's so misunderstood. It does not mean weak. It doesn't mean without passion. It doesn't mean without strength. It means someone who is under control, someone that understands their place in the world. They're strong. They know it. They're capable. They know it. But they are under control. The great example that people often give is of a horse, a horse under control trained, equipped with a bridle and a saddle, not out of control, more powerful than the rider, more powerful than the person holding the reins, certainly, but meek, meek, uh, allowing himself or herself, as the case may be for this horse, <laughs> to be used for the purpose set in front of it. Maybe it's to carry a rider. Maybe it's to uh, pull a wagon, whatever it is, using that strength with purpose and intent. That's meekness. And, and the Bible here says that the meek will be guided by God. Those who understand that what they've been given, the strength, the passion, uh, the ability, the opportunity, are all to be stewarded over for God's purpose. And if we understand that, then God will guide. Uh, the first thing you need to do to move forward when you don't feel like it, to do the thing you don't want to do, to have the talk you don't want to have, is to know what God wants you to do. I, I've mentioned this many, many times. I, I, I say it probably too often. <laughs> but if you are not reading your Bible, if you are not in the Word of God, God's Word to us, that's why we call it that, if you're not allowing Him to speak to you and allowing the Holy Spirit to take the Word and minister truth to you, then you are going to be confused. You won't know what God wants you to do. But the promise from Scripture is that His Word will not return void. It will do what it's there to accomplish. That is quick, that is powerful, that is sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides asunder. It's a lamp and it's a light. The Word of God guides us. We can know what God wants us to do if we are in His Word. You need to know what God wants you to do. That's the starting point. And when all else fails, ask yourself that simple question. Is God more glorified if I move forward than if I stay where I am? The second word is trust. 
This is where throwing your hat really comes into play. I know what God wants me to do, at least in this area, to a a limited extent. And to the extent that I know what God wants me to do, I'm going to do it. I know what God wants me to do. Well, the second thing then is to trust. So knowing is important. A lot of people know what God wants them to do. It's trusting God enough to follow through on that knowledge that most people have a hard time with. Trust God enough to move forward in what you know. I referenced these verses a minute ago, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and what? He shall direct thy paths. The Bible talks so often about faith. In fact, we're told that without faith, we can't please God. Without faith, we can't come into relationship with God through Christ. Uh, Faith is everything to the believer. It's all based on our relationship with God. Uh, The life of a believer is all based on faith. What is faith? Confidence in what God said he would do. Again, I've talked about this even recently. Faith is not blind It's not magic. It's not hope so. Faith is knowing what God said and then living our lives in a way that reflects that knowledge. God will do exactly what he said he'll do. So we need to trust him. Trust him enough to move forward by faith, to throw the hat over the fence, to go into the place that we're not uh, motivated at this moment to go uh, do the thing that we don't necessarily feel like doing, but we know we should. Trust God. See, what happens is we trust so much in our feelings that when our feelings don't match the action that's needed, we do nothing. Instead of trusting our feeling, what we need to do is trust God (laughs) and just begin moving forward. One step at a time. That's why I often talk about moving one step at a time. Because it is one step at a time. I I don't know how to take five steps here, but I can take one. And then I can take one more. And then I can take one more. It's continuing to move forward. Know what God wants you to do. Trust God enough to move forward by faith. The last word is do. (laughs) Do the work. It's funny, as Christians, um, we talk about grace, which is God's unmerited favor. God did everything for us. We we love talking about grace. I I love talking about grace as well. (laughs) It's amazing. It really is. Uh, We talk about how it's God that does everything. God who is sovereign. It's, It's all about God, and it is. But God calls us to work. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 tell us that, For by grace are we saved through faith. It's not of us. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. If we could work to earn God's favor, we would make it all about us because we're dumb and human. The next verse, though, verse 9 says, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. Verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 2 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. See, this is the crazy part. Is the crazy part. We say, well, salvation is entirely by grace. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. That's a truth. But we stop reading and, and miss the part where we're told that we're saved, called, uh, uh, redeemed, brought into relationship with God, 
so that we can live out that life of faith, so that we can do good works. We're called to do good works. There's a lot of do, 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 do stuff in the Bible. Do this, do that, do something else. There's a lot of that in the Bible, and we like to ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist. The Bible says do often. In fact, we're told to do good works. We need to do the work. We need to know what God wants us to do. We need to trust God enough to move forward by faith. And then we need to do the work. This silly, silly idea that if this is what God wants me to do, it should be easy all the time, or it should be simple to understand, or I should be motivated all of the time. That's not what this is about. The Christian life, just like everything else, so often boils down to getting in and doing the work. Now, not just any work, not random work, not work for work's sake, not discipline for discipline's sake. We do the work by faith that God has called us to do. What I attempt to do every time I sit down and have one of these conversations, what I attempt to do, and I don't know that I always hit my target, but what I attempt to do is demystify this moving forward with purpose and faith and intent, moving forward when it would be easier to stay where we are, moving forward when it's really, really hard. I try to demystify it, to make it as simple to understand as possible. I don't always get this right, but what I do, and if you're like me, you do this, I complicate this thing so much that I'm overwhelmed with the complication of it all and don't do anything. It's not that complicated. <laughs> it can be super challenging. It can be extremely difficult. But it is not complicated. Know what God wants you to do. We learn that by reading His Word. Maybe I don't understand everything about what He wants me to do right here in this moment. Do what you do know. There's a lot of that. Are you doing everything you know you're supposed to? Do that. I know what He wants me to do. Then I'm going to trust Him enough to begin moving forward. Then I'm going to get in and do the work. You say, well, there should be joy, there should be peace, there should be contentment. There will be. The Bible promises that. But we have this thing backwards. We think that we need to experience the peace and the joy, the motivation, the contentment on the front end. And when we get all of that, then we'll do the work. We need to begin doing the work we've been called to do and continue to trust that God will do what he said he'll do. Maybe you don't have the joy, the peace, the contentment in your life because you're sitting and waiting for God to drop it on top of you. Instead, know what he wants you to do. Trust him enough to begin moving forward by faith and then do the work. I am every day faced with situations, as I'm sure you are, that I know I should do, I just don't want to deal with. Everything seems so complicated, so hard. I don't know how it's going to end. I don't even know if it's worth it sometimes. I need to take that pressure off of myself and instead ask this question, is God more glorified when I move forward than when I stay here? If he is, I need to throw my hat over the fence and begin moving forward, understanding what he wants me to do. 
I'm going to trust him enough to keep his word. And my part is getting in and doing the work. I believe God will bless you. And it will be one step at a time. It may be a long road and a long journey, but God will bless as you just commit to him to doing what he's called you to do in his power by faith. I hope that that is a help to you. It's a simple thought, but it's certainly been a help to me. Get out there, throw your hat over the fence, because then you have to go get it. And just trust that God will help you get over that fence and help you to continue to move forward. If you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, please do that. Take some time right now. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. That'd be fantastic. Go to jeremystonlicker.com. Would love to have you join me there. There is so much great information, places that you can connect with me on social media, an opportunity again to sign up for my newsletter. Love for you to do that. A weekly newsletter and then other podcasts I'm involved in. My blog is there. You can find a lot of great content, so please go and check that out, jeremystalnicker.com. Also, go over to Life Audio, lifeaudio.com. Great podcast, great content there, always adding new shows, and I'd encourage you to go check out the catalog of shows there. You'll be glad that you did. Appreciate you watching and or listening, and I look forward to talking to you next time. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? I mean, you are called by God, and aren't we all praying the big prayer, Here I am, Lord, send me. So if we put two and two together, you've got a message to deliver, my friend. Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, art to make, or businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. I use my mic like a machete, so if you don't like to get your toes stepped on or pushed off cliffs to finally jump on in with Jesus, I may be too much for you. But if you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, Search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com today.